sir. Welcome back to the Drive and Kick podcast. This is episode three. I'm one half of your co-host, Michael Clemens. My other co-host, Dan Libert. What's going on, Brody? How's it going, bro? Ready to get to it. Yes, sir. We got a special guest in the building. Um, Dan plugged us. He got a, got a good one for you today. So, Dan, without further ado, introduce him. Yes, sir. This is uh, my current teammate. I haven't actually had a chance to play with him yet because I took last year off redshirting. But if you don't know who he is, it's easy that you haven't been paying attention to the Canadian basketball scene. This man needs no introduction. He is the rightful youth sports scoring champ of the 2019-2020 season. He is a star out of Amarillo, Texas. Transferred to Trinity Western University from Lubbock Christian University. Uh, without further ado, this is Jaqueline Gilbreth. What's up, bro? What's good? What's good? Chilling, bro. So, you know, just for those who don't kind of know you out there, can you just give us like a quick kind of two, three minute overview of like your career so far, some kind of highlights of your, of your basketball career, like from high school to, to now? Uh, okay. Just taking it all the way back to high school. Um, I had a, I had a real good team actually. Um, freshman year, my freshman year, I played on the freshman team. Sophomore year, I got moved up to varsity. So I got to play varsity for three seasons, but my sophomore year, unfortunately, you know, being young, you know, still slowly developing, I didn't really play much, but you know, it is what it is. And junior year, I came back you know, after my coach told me, he was like, you can either play on JV or you can play on varsity. And, you know, I didn't want to play on JV. I wanted to get better. So I played on varsity knowing that I would have, like, limited minutes, you know. Rolled it out junior year, came back, and um, I was player of the year in my city, all state, all region, uh, all that stuff like that. And we ended up losing the game to go to the state championship. So it was a pretty fun ride my junior year, senior year, went all state again, all region. And um, we ended up losing in the, like the second or third round. So it was, it was rough my senior year, but it was still, it was still fun. Uh, ended up getting offered to go play at uh, Lubbock Christian University, like amongst other schools, but that's where I chose to be, to go play with one of my, one of my good friends, Jay, that's, you know, that's who I rode in with and um, really played a good three years there. You know, it really wasn't working out for me in that, <clears throat> in that program. So I just decided to, you know, transfer out to Trinity and for new beginnings and probably the best decision I made my whole life. So. 100%, 100%. So being from Texas, you know, you and Mike are both from Texas. Can you get into what high school you went to? And like, cause I know he went to high school in El Paso. So I just kind of want to better understand what that high school system works like in Texas. Cause it's a little different than Arizona where I'm from, obviously. Well, Texas basketball is, you know, pretty legit, but so is Arizona. So, but um, we, we actually played against a couple El Paso teams in playoffs. Like, um, um, one of my good friends went to El Paso Americas. We didn't play them though, but we played uh, like El Paso Burgess, um, El Paso uh, Eastwood, El Paso Andres, which is the team who knocked us out the playoffs like three years in a row. 
Mm. Yeah, they solid. Um, yeah, they were they were straight. They were straight. But um, uh, what is the other? Oh yeah, I think that's it. Really, and oh, and El Paso Bowie. Okay. I got a I got a question. So you went to uh, Apollo Duro? Yeah, yeah. How you know? How'd you know? Dan I told, told me. Him. Oh, but, uh, okay. So my yeah, my, I went to, I went to PD. My sophomore year, I graduated twenty thirteen. So my sophomore year, we played them. We lost them in playoffs by one point in area. Yeah. So 20, 2010, 2011 season, we lost Apollo Duro. So that's it's crazy, bro. Yeah, 2000, 2010, 11, they was pretty solid too. No, yeah, good. they were solid. They had a guard that was cold. I probably know who you're talking about. Yeah, a little light skin dude. He was he was killing us, but oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we got, you know, a little bit of your backstory in. So you're at Trinity Western right now. That's in uh, in BC. It's close to Vancouver area. So, what was your initial perception of living in Canada when you first went to to Trinity? Well, really, to be honest, when I had got like the offer to come out and everything, I wasn't really like willing to just up and leave. I really didn't want to leave. That was like kind of like a last option for me. But I took my visit, and it was nice and. You know, this first year was just like, it was real. It was amazing. So I was just like, you know, it's a place that I could actually see myself, like, not leaving. I really like it there. So it was real cool to me. Okay. And so, like, so just kind of go into, like, what you thought of, like, Canada, like, as a place to live in. And then, like, what you thought of Canadian hoops, like, Canadian players playing against other Canadian schools. Like, what do you think about all that? I feel like staying there is it's nice. Like it's, it's a lot different from like, you know, what I come from. So I feel like it would be like a, like a step up, you know, I feel like it's, it's just real nice out there. Not saying Texas ain't nice, but definitely not as nice as Canada. So, um, but as far as like Canadian hoops, it was, I feel like players are, you know, players are pretty legit. You know, I feel like, there's a <clears throat> there's a lot of pros out there definitely you know a lot of good players um i don't really think it's you know that much of a huge difference if you if if i'm being honest would you be able to pinpoint any differences in like styles of play or something like that um i feel like mm, i would have to say like you know Texas is a little bit more gritty uh but other than that like just the the change of rules coming from NCAA to U Sports, that's that's about it. But I feel like it, you know, it all kind of like transferred over well. Just you know, me working on my game all the time, it really wasn't too much of a, a big difference. Oh yeah. See, I watched I watched your film cue, and you break the defense down. You like you you like a Texas guard to me, like so. When I got to Canada, I realized not a lot of people can get to the bucket like that. So when I watch your film, I see you killing dudes off the dribble because they just – I feel like they've never seen guys that can that can handle the ball and score. Is that something you noticed when you came here that most people like – to me, I don't know if there's a stereotype for Canadian hoopers, but I think, like, I don't really see a lot of guys really get to the bucket or really get it off the bounce like that. Yeah, yeah. You can – you can. It's a, it's definitely a difference in the style of plays, like – you know, I feel like 
uh, like like I said before, it's just like I feel like here in Texas, like we just a little bit more gritty, but you know, um, Canadian hoopers are you know just as good. But you know, I'm always rep Texas regardless. So, but um, yeah, I feel like you know playing throughout the season, like it would always be like random people asking me like, or actually just saying like you from Texas, huh? Or like you from the states? Like everyone just knew automatically, I guess, because my like my style of play and like the way I played. So a lot of people just knew that I was from the States without me even saying. Okay, I got one more question to kind of, that's part of this. Like when I came here, I'm a pick and roll player. I'm not necessarily a pure scorer, but I'm a pick and roll player, playmaker. So I know NCAA is a lot more systematic because the shot clock is longer and you kind of looking uh -huh. for specific shots. But when you come and play with the FIBA rules, it's a lot of high pick and roll, drive and kick. Do you think that benefited your game? Yeah, it benefited my game a lot because um, at my last school, I was in a system, you know, I really didn't like it. And yeah, it really, it didn't suit me or fit me well at all. So, you know, I didn't really get to get off like I wanted to, but coming out here or going up there to Canada, it was, it was totally different. And it definitely helped my game, especially. And I got to, you know, kind of showcase what I can do with that, that high pick and roll and things like that. Cause you know, that's like, that's my type of game, and, you know, I really feed into that. Okay, so to, that's kind of a perfect transition into, like, you know, I kind of know your story a little bit, and I kind of understand a little bit of why you're, you're where you're at, but we want our listeners to kind of understand what led to your departure of, of uh, Love at Christian. You know, like, you don't have to get into any specifics or personal stuff, but just kind of give us a little outlook on that. And then also, what connected you to Trinity Western? Um, my departure from Lubbock Christian was, you know, a little bit more, you know, kind of personal reasons, you know, so I'm not going to get into that. But other than that, I've always felt that, that I needed to, you know, go somewhere else to be able to be my best self. You know, I just didn't know how to go about it. And, you know, you know, some things ended up happening for me and I ended up being able to, you know, kind of leave and get to somewhere where I needed to be. Okay. So, like, would you say, like, to me, obviously, it's night to day, kind of hearing how your days at Lubbock Christian went. But, I mean, what would you say the importance is of having a coach truly believe in you? Because I feel like you could have came to Trinity and not necessarily been given the keys, but just in kind of the system that we ran at Trinity, been able to be successful regardless. So, I mean, what importance would you put on – a coach really believing you and, and letting you play through mistakes? Uh, I feel like it's kind of living proof of me coming from LTU and then from Trinity. I feel like, you know, no disrespect to my last coach. You know, he was a, he was a great coach, but we just, you know, I don't feel like he believed in me the way that I, you know, I believed in myself and knew the things that I could do. I feel like he believed in me, but into a, like, you know, to a certain extent. So oh, I didn't really so. get to, I didn't get to showcase how I wanted to, but when you have that coach who truly believes in you and, you know, just, you know, just basically just tells you to, you know, go out there and play, go out there and do you. And, you know, that's exactly what, you know, coach Trev did. And, and, you know, it really paid off, you know, just me, me being able to just let loose and just be me. Yeah. Well, hundred percent, which is how, which is how it was for me in high school, my high school coach, you know, like you said, he gave me the keys, you know, he let me, you know, he let me rock out and, you know, lead the team how I wanted to do it. So 
basically, you know, going from that to LSU, like high school to LSU was the same as me, you know, like just going coming from LCU to Trinity, you know, just totally different. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I feel like, you know, I've never been given the keys to a program like that, but I had a pretty good high school career too. And it was just a big jump going from being one of the top players on your high school team, being on a really successful team, and then kind of going somewhere where you're promised a lot of things. And, you know, it's, it's evident that the coach doesn't believe in you. And then going somewhere else where the coach believes, like just – it's so funny how the mind works because once you see that someone in power doesn't believe in you, it's kind of tough to then continue to believe in yourself. You keep putting in the work, you keep doing what you know is good. You keep killing dudes in practice, but then it's not paying off. And then kind of that change of scenery is yeah. really all you need sometimes. Yeah. That's exactly how it was. Exactly how it was. You know, I was, you know, I did good all the time, you know, outside of practice in practice, but you know, it just, you know, wasn't the trust level just wasn't there, you know, based on some other type, like some other things. So, like you said, the change of scenery is what I needed, you know, to get to where I am today. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, really can't, really can't let nobody put limitations on, you you know. So, that's what I just really took it to heart, kept working all the time, you know, every single day, every summer, you know, coming back still being disappointed but you know I never stopped working because you know what I'm saying like his no one's opinion ever mattered to me so it's like you know your limitations you know I don't believe in so I'm not gonna let you put your limitations on me and so I just you know kept doing what I had to do to get to where I am today you know God just you know put in the work from there facts that's real bro shoot just to kind of jump back a little like when I first got recruited to go play college basketball here in Canada I didn't even really understand that there was college basketball being played out here for real so when you heard yeah you had already played three years NCAA so when you heard about going to Trinity like what went I want to know kind of like what went through your mind did you would you thinking about eligibility because I know you only got four years NCAA we get five here like what were some of those thoughts like initially when you thought about Canadian college hoops yeah when when I had heard about it um, I didn't really know. I didn't know nothing about it. But as soon as they told me that you get five years, I was like, you know, I already feel like I wasted three years. You know, two years is all I need. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm coming. Like, you don't got to tell me nothing else. I'm coming. But uh, it was definitely it was definitely cool, though, to get that extra year. You know, I feel like that's what I needed. And so really, like, I probably wouldn't have went anywhere else. So. I mean, shoot, right now you might even get three more years with how with how this season might turn up. And that'd be another blessing. <laughs> <laughs> shoot. All right, well, I, I want to talk a little bit about your AAU days because that's kind of one thing I feel like I've never talked to you about. Like, I'm not sure on what level you played, on what stage you played. So just kind of walk us through your AAU days a little bit. Um, I really started playing – like real AU, I want to say my sophomore year in high school, I started playing for the BYC Elite, you know, slash New Mexico Force based out of Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's who I was playing for. And 
really like we traveled everywhere, like Cali, you know, all types of places, played against like all the top teams, you know, Compton Magic, Dream Vision, you know, all the good teams, you know, with guys that are probably well definitely in the NBA right now. So just a lot of good competition. And um and then after that year, I think I only played with them for a year. And then I switched over to to D1 West Texas, you know, they're based out of Lubbock, out of Lubbock, Texas. And we were a Adidas team. So we played in like some of the Adidas uprising tournaments, the Gasso tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, that Great American Shootout, that's one of the best tournaments of the summer, you hear me? <laughs> yeah, right at the Bob Knight Fieldhouse. Yeah, yeah, I already know, man. I already know it. Okay, well, can you, can you pinpoint like three to five, like, of your favorite AAU moments? Cause like, I feel like that's one thing a lot of Canadians miss out on out here is that AAU experience. Like, unless you're on one of the few top teams they have out here and they travel down there, I feel like, you know, really, unless you live in the States, you don't really get that AAU experience. Like, and the AAU yeah, experience, Canadian. like you don't have to be on one of the EYBL, Adidas or Under Armour teams. Like just being in a team where you're entering in tournaments, like it's still fun. It's still like, traveling is still greedy you still get to see like the business of basketball so i just want you know kind of give me some of your top few moments of like playing like playing against people like certain moments like just give me some um my top moment would probably just be playing in vegas at the i think it was called the fab 48 the, Cash, the cashman center or like but yeah it was it was a huge tournament but it was uh we were Adidas and like, it was just, I think uh, Lonzo was there, Kobe Simmons was there, Dennis Smith was there, Kyle Guy was there. And, you know, it was just like, just playing in front of all those coaches, it was just, it was just crazy. So that's really like the, you know, the biggest pinpoint I can give you. Other than that, like, you know, it was, everything else was just normal, you know, regular AU, but, you know, playing in Vegas, and it was always coaches, you know, at every tournament, but the one in Vegas was probably the most exciting one to me. Did you have anybody on any of your AAU teams that was like like high level D one or other guys that was like you looked at them, you're like, okay, he can do something. Yeah. Um I played with this guy named Daniel Vincent and Darius Brown and you know, a couple other guys that was, you know, like crazy good. So so when you got recruited to LC, was that straight, basically? I guess that's pretty close to Amarillo. Did yeah, most of your, it. Yeah, did most of your high school career, like, get you towards college, or did AAU help you at all? Um, I feel like AAU helped a little bit, but mainly high school, because I feel like I played better with my high school team. So, like, you know, like if I had an AAU team, that I played on that was like, you know, like where I could have the ball in my hands the majority of the time, then I feel like, you know, AU would have helped even more, but AU didn't help much. So I feel like high school was, you know, was what helped me. Yeah. It's where you made your money at. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you like that AU environment at all? Because like, to me, like the AU is always like, okay, you play high school and then AU is pretty much like the top one or two players of every high school coming together on one big team and going against the teams from the other states. Like, you know, what was your experience with it was, that? 
it was fun. Like it was probably, you know, it's always like the best time. So to me, it was always fun. I don't regret none of it at all. And if I could do it again, I would. So it was, it was always fun to me. And especially just meeting new people, you know, playing against new people, playing against the top, the top guards, you know, the top players, period. So that was always fun. Yeah, that's, to me, that was the best part. Just like, you know, you might not become the best of friends with some of these guys because they're not your high school teammates or like your high school friends, but it's still like making good connections with, you know, the other best players in the state and then getting to see yourself match up against other best states. So, yep. um, all right. So give me your top three, top five high school accomplishments. You know, I, I don't know if the word is out, but I remember chilling with you in your room this year and you were looking at the all decade teams for Texas high school. And I saw that you were on one of them. So I, you, I feel like you got a lot of accomplishments to, you know, racked up. So just kind of give us a few of, uh, you know, your favorite. Um, really was just, you know, going undefeated in district two years in a row, mm -hmm. being all state, all region, you know, player of the year, um, making it all the way to the regional finals. Um, you know, being one of the top two teams, top three teams in, in our area and we were ranked I want to say I, I want to say my junior and senior year we were ranked top 10 in Texas so that's really that's man. really about it that's a lot of accomplishments to choose from man I hear that but it's interesting you say you ran into those Andrews teams like the teams that went that far that team had been playing together since they were eight years old and they played they good. together they all been playing for seven, eight years together. So they were, you know, they had the chemistry. So. Yeah, they were a good team for sure. They always knocked us out. Well, my kind of last question is, I just kind of want to hear what advice you would give to any young listeners, any people still kind of going through their journey right now, just because, you know, your talent level is clear to me. And I feel like there's so many guys like you that it's all about being in the right opportunity, right situation. So I just kind of want to hear how you specifically have been able to persevere. Cause it like, it would have been easy for you to just stay at Lubbock Christian, play it out and just kind of be looking for a contract right now or something like that. Right. Yeah. But you, you persevered, you kind of, you would have just the storm through that and you found a better opportunity instead of, just making it feel like you're just kind of running because, you know, and from my personal experience, there's never going to be the perfect situation for you. Like you just kind of have to make the best of it. And that's why that's kind of how I ended up at Trinity. Just kind of, I feel like I have a, we have a coach that believes in us and I, I'm just done kind of running. I just want to face it, you know, head first and just make the best of it. Cause I believe in myself and Trevor believes in me enough to make the best of it. So I just kind of want to hear what you would say to anyone kind of facing something similar? Uh, what I would say is, you know, just no matter what, keep working, especially in times right now. I know it's a lot of people who aren't doing anything. So it's a lot of, you know, it's so much time to just catch up and surpass, you know, so many people. And so I would say, you know, just keep working. Don't let nobody put any limitations on you. Trust God, you know, and just really just 
that's all it is, just work, just work every day, like day in and day out, just work. And, you know, like I said, trust in God, you know, just do what you can, you know, and control what you can control and, you know, everything else will fall into place. That's all I would really say. Shoot, that's, that's no better way to put it. I, you know, I, I really admire that you're so openly, like, into faith like that. And, like, it's something that you really live by because I feel like it's something that a lot of people try to hide today. Like, you know, I, I feel like you got to be proud to represent God, be a man of God, and you got to put that at the forefront. If exactly. You got to keep working, and he'll, he'll, he'll put that opportunity in front of you. You just got to be ready to take it. <laughs> yep. And then, yeah, exactly. If it wasn't for him, I've been, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, 100%. I hear that 110%, bro. God is, God is always good. Shoot, bro, let's hop into these speed rounds and try to get, a, let the audience get to know a little bit more of Q. So, like, I watch your game and I'm like, anytime I watch a lefty, I'm like, man, he, he got to be crafty. Every left hand I've ever played against is just crazy crafty. But, like, <laughs> you on offense, bro, you got like, I don't know, you shifty, you get to the paint, you know, you finish around the rim. So I want to know who are some people that you look at now or when you were growing up that kind of like influenced your game or that you take stuff from their game, their game and implement it in yours? Um, a lot of people, really, to be honest. Um, like, to me, I would probably say like um, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, you know, I, I really like Devin Booker, CJ McCollum. Uh, you know, really just really just guys like that, but mostly mostly uh Dame, Kyrie, and you know, players that are like, you know. Uh and who else would I say? Like Brandon Jennings. You know, just you know, guards that you just really just not tall guards, you know what I mean? Undersized, like guards. average size guard. Undersized and crafty. Yeah. Exactly, like you know, that somebody happens. that I feel like I would have a you know be able to relate to their game more than a you know a, a six seven wing. So, so just to piggyback on that, what would you say your greatest attribute as a player is? Because for me, I think it's my IQ. Right, I don't have the size. I'm not a pure scorer, but my IQ allows me to to control things that maybe other people can't. So what do you think your biggest attribute is? Um, to me is that because I feel like I can play on all three levels mm. and, you know, and also play both sides of the ball. So that's, that's where I just feel like, you know, are my best attributes, honestly. And, you know, so I just try to, you know, work on everything so I don't have no weaknesses in my game at all. But, you know, but other than that, it would probably just be, being undersized but you know you know that never that never means anything so I just feel like being able to play on all three levels facts that's important I think like now when I got to I played in two different systems where everything was in the paint or threes there was no mid-range but I think to really be elite you gotta have the mid-range especially as an undersized guard because that's what they're giving you right mm -hmm. that in between but um so next question the best player or two or three players that you ever played against your entire career hooper, growing up or, or college or high school, whenever? Um, I would have to say – I 
Um, that's kind of tough. Yeah, that's why it doesn't I, even have to be like a big name or something. Like it could have been someone that just you know gave it to you one time. Um, dang, I'm trying to. It's it's tough. I gotta think because I feel like I played against a lot of people who are good, like local and big names. So. Or just a few that stand out, maybe two or three that really stand out. Like, man, I'll always remember that. Uh, I feel like me and my friend, me and my friend Jay, we played against Jalen Hands in California. Um, just toss a few out. Um, and actually at LCU playing against um, – Playing against uh, Ashton Spears, he probably he's he's one of the he's definitely one of the best players I've played against. And who else? Give us one more. I'm kind of hurt. You I'm, I'm not popping in your mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And um, dang, this is this is tough. One more. Trying to think of somebody that's just somebody that stood out a game, a situation where it was like, man, this he's like that. Um, I had a few, I, I got friends who are really like that, you know, but just you know, haven't got the chance to show it. So I, I could name all of my friends off the back of my head and some more. So, <laughs> okay. Okay, shout out the squad then. A squad full of hoopers, you dig? Um, okay, so the NBA season's about to come back in about a month. I don't know if you follow it a ton, but I'm assuming you at least are aware of what's happening. So who are your favorites to win this new format, the bubble and all that in Orlando? Who are your favorites? Maybe two squads you think that are like, okay, I think they can get this. Um. I'm gonna have to go with LA, but not the Lakers. The Clippers. Yeah, that's what I always say. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, what's something that we have in Texas that you wish we had in Canada? And don't say Whataburger, bro. All all types of stuff. <laughs> Give us I'm a few, bro. You. Give us a few, bro. All the food joints we got here, we we need. <laughs> We need it in Canada. We need it. But um, I'm gonna have to go. We we definitely needed Chick Fil A, man. Facts. Chick Fil A. Um, but really, you know, I can I can live without the fast food. So, I mean, bro, the thing is, we got good spots right in downtown Vancouver of like all types of cultures. Really, like that's good, authentic food. So yeah, so I I don't really complain, but you know if we can get some Texas barbecue to you know up there, then <laughs> you know then we, then we good. Thank you. I hear that. Shit. But um, okay. Um, favorite pregame artist or music? Like for me, it really switches up. But I kind of have like certain songs. It's like I gotta listen to that job before I go on the court. That's you know I gotta listen to that. So give us some of your favorite artists. Or song that you listen to before the game. Um, I'm gonna have to go. Little baby. Yeah. 
Drake, Drake is number one. You know, Drake is number one. Yes, sir. Team then, we, then we're gonna, then we're gonna go, little baby. Then Young Thug, and then after that, really, I, I, I pretty much listen to, I listen to all types of stuff. Meek. Uh, I would have, I would have to scroll, you know, just to see. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the type to just don't you know listen to just one person. You know, kind of got a variety of people that I listen to, especially before games. You know, I just be got my own little playlist and I just let it shuffle. Yeah, rock out. Whatever's hot. <laughs> I hear that. So we actually done with the questions, but I got one more question because I'm curious what your answer is. What's your favorite like shoes to hoop in? Maybe not right now, but give me like two or three like over your life. You're like, man. If I can get those again, or if I want to go hoop, like I want those. I want to plan those right there. Uh, my whole life, like even since a kid, not even just you know, cause he just passed. You know, he's always been my favorite player, and so it's always it's always been Kobe's. So Kobe's and KD's. Like what number? Yeah. What What's your favorite Kobe? Like favorite number? Cause me, my, I'm a four guy. Yeah, I got three pair of fours, but you know, my favorites are really the fives. But yeah, so really, just I'm a Kobe. Yeah, Kobe all the way. Like if I could hoop in nothing but Kobe's, that's what I would do. So, bro, the low tops are undefeated. <laughs> but but uh, you can ask Dan; he can vouch for me. You know, I like to hoop in all types of stuff. So we got a real life sneakerhead right here. You know, I used to be on your level, sorta, but everybody kept complaining that I take too many shoes everywhere. So. Okay, you a sneakerhead. I let's let's chop it up a bit. What are some of your like all time kicks? Cause I'm a I'm a retro guy. Everybody's a retro guy, but I like my retro. Penny. I like my, my you like your pennies. Well, I'm gonna show I'm gonna show you some I'm gonna show you some retro KDs real quick, man. Yeah, pull it out. The One closet. of my faves. These ones right here. Ooh. I was about to buy those on StockX too. With the blue laces. The fours. Okay. The fours. These ain't retros, but you know. I guess they're pretty exclusive. I like these right here. Yeah, them Aunt Pearl. Oh, they don't know who's nasty. Mm. Yeah, these not bad. I saw him buy those. <laughs> they, <laughs> you're not special. <laughs> no, I fuck with but, those. But yeah, and then, you know, just Kobe's and Kobe's and Kyrie's. Kyrie's too. Yeah, Kyrie, I like his shoes. Kyrie's are crazy. All right, give me your top three retros. Ones, all I wear is ones. That's it. That's fair. And but top three, I will have to go ones, fours, then threes. But really, like if I ever buy a retro, I just want it to be one ones. I like ones. Can't argue with that. The ones is you could dress them up or dress them down. They kind of undefeated. I hear you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Mike. What's your top three? Retros, Jordans. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta go fours, elevens, and twelves. No question. That's ba- that's the most basic answer I ever heard. No, because man, I used to go crazy on retros. Like it was it was insane. Like I I think I had like at least two pair of each, one through fourteen. Oof. And like I really just if if I didn't sell them, I just passed them down to my little brother. And I just kept all the ones, you know, so that's all. I just was like, man, I just want the ones. That's it. So. Thanks. 
I feel that. But I feel like the the most exclusive shoe I've ever had though was the uh, the Tuxedo Elevens. I don't I don't see a lot of people with those, and I I had those. Those are those are actually crazy rare. Crazy. Them was rare. tough. It was tough. That's like the black with the white uh the white bottoms, right? Am I right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Damn. Well, shoot. We might as well wrap it up. Hold you on, know. I got one more. I got oh, oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. All right. We have mutual friends. You know, well, I, I know like Matt Alfred and Tyler and them. You know. Oh, them is, those are my guys. I went to yeah. school with them. Yeah, Matt was my teammate in high school when I was a freshman and sophomore. He was a junior and senior. And he played yep. football for my pops growing up. So just talk about your relationship with Matt and Tyler for a second before we let you go. Oh, man, they really helped me out my freshman year. I got to play with them for one year. You know, they really, like, you know, taught me a lot, toughened me up a bit, you know. So it was always good. They was always, you know, great teammates, like, on the court and off the court. Like, you know, we got – we had a little group. We called ourselves the Famuel. So, like, it was cool, you know. They brought me in and, you know, treated me like family, really. Like, and – you know, just they're like half the reasons why I ended up committing there because on my visit, like it just felt like, you know, I felt like I was at home and it was like, it was nice. So really, yeah, I built some good relationships there, especially with them too. So it was nice. I still talk to them now to this day. So it's, yeah, they're real cool. Yeah. Shout out Tyler and Matt one time. But um, that's a wrap for me. I'm done with the questions. I'm going to let Dan close the episode out. Yes, sir. Well, you know, Quay, Q, Jaqueline, whatever, you know, you're my guy. Always love chopping it up with you, bro. You know, we pretty much talk every day, but it's still still good to catch up with you and kind of, you know, pick your brain a little bit about, you know, your hoop journey that's still ongoing. You know, I'm I'm positive that in two, three years, you know, we'll be watching you on our computer screens playing in Europe somewhere. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for you, bro. And, you know, appreciate you having – Appreciate you coming on the show with us. You know, this is this is big yeah. time. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for having me too. Yes, sir, bro. We appreciate you and take care out there. I miss home. You know, have some sweet tea for me and some water burger, dog, because I'm hurting out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all right though. I'm finna be on my way back out there in no time, really. I already booked my flight, so I'm finna be back soon. So, so, so only cool. a couple more months, really. So, yep. All right, well, that's that's a wrap for episode three, Driving Kick Podcast. I'm Dan. That's Mike. Yes, sir. Catch us later. We out. Yeah, yeah. Play me like Nintendo. No, my dog,